0: God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Church, let's say that again together, and if you're in the room, read the words in red. If you're at home, I would invite you to read along with us as well. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Good morning, church. Welcome. I'm so grateful that you're here with us today. For all of you who are in the room, thanks for being here. Um, it, I'm so so thankful that you're able to join us and to be here in person for worship For all of you who are watching online, let me just pause and say a special thank you to you. Thank you for joining us for Church Online today. And for those of you who watch every week, let me say thank you. I'm going to look right at you. So everybody else, just give me a little bit of grace here. I want to talk to those who are watching on the other side of the camera and say thank you for joining us every single week, for hanging in there with us uh, through this pandemic. I know it has not been easy, and I know it's not the same. But thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for Church Online, and I want to pause and say a big thank you to our AV team as well. Uh, Those of you who have been watching online at home, you you may have seen some differences. We've made some changes in how we do things, we've invested in some hardware and software to hopefully make your experience at home even better. There's been some bumps along the way, so please give us grace as we work through that. But our AV team has put in an incredible amount of time and hours. Uh, up here early on Sundays and even late uh, during the week to make uh, your experience as good as possible. So thank you to all of you guys who serve in the booth, all of you in our church who serve as a part of our our AV team. Thank you, thank you, thank you as well. Uh, It's our hope and it's our prayer that as we continue through these days that we will together, even though right now we're a church that's meeting in multiple places and multiple spaces at multiple times, That together we will continue to lean into the goodness, the kindness, the faithfulness of God. This is our contention. That God is good. That God has always been good. That God has never not been good. That God has always been faithful. That we serve a good God with a great name and a kind heart. And each week through this, this series, as we begin this year together, we've kind of leaned into a different nuance, a different part, a different aspect of, of God's nature, of God's character, of God's goodness. And today, today I want to lean into a, 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 different, a different place, this, this simple yet complicated idea that God is faithful to protect, that our God is faithful to protect. And, and I want to begin today by putting this tension On the table, that God, our God, our God doesn't always protect his people from everything, but his people are always under his protection. Let me say that one more time God doesn't protect his people from everything, but his people are always under his protection for some of you this may be the reason why at some point in your life you walked away from the faith because if god is god and if god is good then why didn't god protect me or protect the people i love from whatever it was that happened if god is god and if god is good then why Why did that have to happen? Why did he have to suffer? Why did she have to lose her job? Why did they have to get a divorce? Why did he have to die? Why did this have to happen to me or to the people that I love? If God is God and if God is good, why? Why do these things happen? Why doesn't God protect his people from those things that might harm us? And I'll be honest, I I get it. I understand This may be the most, one of the most, if not the most difficult questions that we have to wrestle with in our humanity. If God is God and if God is good, why doesn't He protect us from those things that might harm us? About 14 years ago, I became a father. That's when uh, my wife and I, Alicia, and I had our our first child, Will. Uh, Since then, we've had two more children, and they're here today. And I think if you were to ask them, they would verify that this is true, that while my children are always under my protection, the truth is I haven't always protected them from everything. Uh, I'm not the perfect father. Some days I'm not even a very good father, but I am a father, and as every father in the room or every father watching online, as probably every parent would understand, we, we do not and sometimes we simply cannot protect our children from everything but they are always under our protection. But the reason, the reason we don't protect them from everything, even the things that we could protect them from, the reason that that is true is because of this, because there is, there is something of greater importance. Their protection, their safety, their security is not our highest priority. And that may surprise some people to hear me even say that. You may even question if I really am a good father after all. Because the reality is we live in a world that highly values safety, security, and protection. As a nation, this year, you know this we 're going to spend billions of dollars on national security we 're going to spend billions of dollars on cybersecurity we 're going to employ millions of people who will work as first responders in law enforcement, who will serve in our military, who will work in different agencies to, for our safety and our security and our protection and And thank you, thank you, thank you for your service. If you serve in that capacity, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do. But the fact is, we're going to spend a lot of money around our safety and our security and our protection. We're going to spend millions of dollars this year as Americans on home security systems. And we're going to pay monthly fees so that those, uh, our homes can be monitored. So if something were to happen, there's someone watching over our home and, and they can send help if it is needed. We're going to install these doorbells on the front of our houses that have video cameras. That's going to send a, a, a live video feed to our smartphones. How amazing is that? And we're going to buy dogs. How many of you have a dog? And it's great because that dog, if they or someone that you don't know comes to your door, even if they're just delivering your Amazon package, they're going to bark at that intruder. But if you don't want to buy a dog, if you don't want to have to to feed a dog or clean up after a dog or take that dog to the vet, if if you simply don't want to go through all of that trouble, on Amazon, I'll look this up, for $76.11, you can buy an electronic watchdog called Rex Plus. Isn't that amazing? And he's going to bark at anybody that comes near your house. And here's the best part. If you get tired of the barking, you can unplug it. How amazing is that? Why do we do all of these things? Because we live in a world. We live in a world that highly values safety, security, and protection. And if we're not careful, what can happen for a lot of us is that our own self-protection, our own self-preservation can become our highest concern. And when that happens, we can turn that desire for protection and self-preservation into an idol. The reason we do all of that, you, you, you understand this, there's multi-million dollar businesses based on this, this one eternal truth. The reason we do that is because we're afraid. And what we're afraid of is the same thing we've always been afraid of. We're afraid of loss. And so we'll do anything and we'll do everything within our power to protect our things, to protect our investments, to protect those we love, to protect anything that we can protect that we highly value because we highly value safety, security, and protection. But if we believe what we say we believe, If as people of faith, we believe that God is who he says he is, then I think think something changes inside of every one of us. And if that's true, maybe the question isn't, if God is God and God is good, why doesn't he protect us from what might harm us? Maybe there's a different question we should be asking. If as an earthly father, if I understand that this is true, that my own children's, safety and protection is not my highest concern for them. What if in the heart and the mind of our Heavenly Father, there is something hanging in the balance that is of even greater importance than our safety and protection? Something so important that even though we are always, always, always under His protection, He allows us, At times, to struggle, to experience pain, hardship, difficulty, problems, pressure, tension, all of it. If you have your Bible or your Bible app, I want to invite you to open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is the second letter we have from the Apostle Paul to this church in the ancient city of Corinth. And I want you to hear what Paul writes as he begins this letter to this church that he dearly and deeply loved. No doubt about that. In verse 3, Paul writes these words. He says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Now, before we go any further, I do want to just pause right there and take a quick timeout right there, because I, I want you to notice the way that Paul talks about God. Paul talks about God the same exact way that Jesus talked about God when Jesus walked the planet. When, when Paul talks about God, he talks about God as our Father. That's the way Jesus talked about God when he talked about God. And, and sometimes I think we maybe we take this for granted or we forget what an incredible blessing this is, that when we talk to the God of the universe— the one who spoke the stars into existence, when we talk to him and talk about him, we can call him our father. And Paul doesn't just call him our father. He says, he says he's our merciful father and the source of all comfort. In other words, God is the perfect father. And I know I realize that not everybody in here had a perfect father. Not everybody in here, n- nobody's had a perfect father. Not everybody in here may have even had a good father. Not everyone watching online may have had a, a good father. And sometimes to think of God as father, that's a difficult way to think about God. But I want you to know God is the perfect father. Paul says he is our merciful father. and He's a source of all comfort. Which, to be honest, begs the question. If God is the perfect father, our merciful father, the source of all comfort... Uh, what, why do we need mercy? Why, why do we need comfort? Wouldn't he protect us from anything that might harm us? In verse 4, Paul continues. He says this, God, he, can, he comforts us in, in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it's for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort that God gives us. Don't miss this. Your pain has a purpose. Whatever you've been through, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever struggle or ordeal you're you're in the middle of, your struggle has significance. And Paul says there's at least two incredible reasons right here. And he's going to go go on to say there's more. But there's two things right here you need to know about your pain, about your problems, about your suffering, about what you're going through. And the first is this. In the middle of your crisis, God wants to give you, he wants to extend to you, discomfort. There is something that happens in the middle of your suffering that can't happen any other way. There is something that God wants to do in you and through you and for you that, just to be honest, he cannot accomplish any other way. Because when you're in the middle of that hardship, when you're going through that trial and that problem, and you're facing whatever it is you're facing, and you get to the bottom of the pit, When you look up and you realize there's nothing left and there's no one left, what you will inevitably find is that God is there. And when you get to that place of deep darkness and you realize that God is not a million miles away, but that He is right there, that's where you experience love, grace, light, presence, In the words of Paul, you experience the mercy and the comfort of Jesus Christ. And then Paul says the second thing. When you get to that point, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your problems, in the middle of whatever it is you're going through, and you realize that at the bottom of it all, God has not left you. God is right there. You you look up and you realize There are other people just like you who are going through exactly what you've been through. And then you have the opportunity to tell them that at the end of your rope, it's not just what you found, it's who you found. And you get to share with them the presence and the grace and the mercy that God extended toward you. Paul didn't say all this because he's got some grand theology And just so you know, this isn't the self-help section of the Bible. Paul says all of this based on his own personal experience. The very next verse, he says this in verse 8. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that that we went through in the province of Asia. Now, I'll I'll be honest with you. We don't know. Nobody really knows exactly what Paul is talking about here. We don't know the specific problem or pain or persecution or trouble that he was going through or that he was in the middle of. To be honest, it could have been anything. We know from other parts of Paul's story that he was imprisoned, he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was whipped, he was stoned, he was left for dead. He, was, he, he, he had to face mobs of people at different times in his journeys. Over and over again, Paul faced incredible dangers and incredible problems. But, but Paul goes on to say this. He says, we were crushed. And we were overwhelmed. Whatever it was he was going through, whatever it is he's referencing, we were crushed and we were overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought it was so serious, we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected, we expected to die. And right here is where you think Paul might start asking the question that we've asked so many times. Why in the world, if God is God and if God is good, why didn't he protect us in that moment? Where was God when I needed him most? You might expect Paul to complain about the apparent absence of God or care or concern of God in this moment, but Paul doesn't say that. He's got a different perspective. He says, as a result, as a result of everything we went through, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. If you've got a pen, a marker, a highlighter, you probably wanna circle that. If you're on your device, just highlight it, screenshot it, circle it, whatever you gotta do, this is huge. As a result of what we went through, we stopped relying on ourselves. And we learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again and again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. As a parent, my kids are always under my protection, but I don't always protect them from everything that might harm them. Truth is, if they're sick and they've got to go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, they need a shot or they need a procedure or they've got to go through something that they're not going to want to go through, but they need to go through this in order to overcome this or get better or get through this. The truth is, as their father, I'm going to let them experience that pain. The truth is, as their father, if they want to play on a sports team or be a part of something like that, I'm going to allow that coach or that teacher, whoever it is. to to make them work, to make them sweat, to make them suffer, to make them go out there and do whatever it is that they've got to go through, no matter how hard it is, no matter if they're going to be sore the next day or, or hurt as a result of it, because I want them to learn and grow and get better. The truth is, there are times in our house when I ask my kids to do things that I know they don't want to do. And sometimes it may be hard on them. Sometimes it may be frustrating for them. Sometimes I wish I wish they didn't have to do it. I wish I could just do it for them. And sometimes they may get angry at me. They may be frustrated with me. They may get mad at me. They may be even disappointed in me. But I'm willing to let them go through all of that so they can learn responsibility, so they can learn what it means to be a part of a family. Because as a father, they're always under my protection. But their safety, their security, their protection, it's not my highest concern. It's Because I know there are no diamonds without pressure. There is no gold without refiner's fire. If they're going to become who they are supposed to become, they will have to, at some point in their life, stand up under the pressure. They will have to walk through the fire, in order to grow and to become exactly who they're called to become. What is God? What is your heavenly Father's ultimate goal, ultimate desire for you? It's this. You know this. It's for you to come to know the great love of God revealed in Christ Jesus. And it's for you to be transformed more and more and more into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Just a few verses later, Paul's going to write these words in chapter 3, verse 18. And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory. We're being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord. This is God's greatest desire for you. This is his heart for you. Don't don't ever misunderstand his love for you. Don't ever misunderstand and think that he's not present there with you in the middle of whatever it is you're going through, whatever trial, whatever problem, whatever difficulty, whatever, whatever it is you're up under, whatever it is we're going through right now as a people in these current days, God can use all of it, for our good and for his ultimate glory. What the enemy meant for evil, God is taking and using it for your benefit and for your good and for his ultimate glory. And if you need help, all you have to do is lift your eyes to him. If you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, all you have to do is call on his name. If you feel like the enemy is coming against you, you can put on the full armor of God. God is there, and he is with you, and he is for you, and there is nothing that can ever separate you from his love. But he wants you to know. He wants you to know that you can rely on him because he can raise the dead. If that's your greatest fear, you need to know that you believe in, you serve in a God. A God who has the ability to raise the dead. If you need proof, look at Jesus. Jesus on the cross. Why don't you protect your one and only son from those that wanted to harm him, from those that wanted to destroy him, from the enemy that wanted to put him in the grave? Because even for Jesus, his protection wasn't God's greatest concern. That wasn't his highest priority. You know what was? For you to come to know the great love of God revealed in Jesus Christ and for you to be transformed more and more and more and more into his image. And just in case you, you ever thought otherwise, in case you would ever forget, Paul would later even write these words to another people in another place. He wanted them to know the Lord is faithful, and he will establish you. He will help you stand, and he will guard you. He will literally protect you from the evil one. Here's what I want you to know today. God is faithful to protect you as Christ is being perfected in you. God is always, always, always watching over you and God's desire is for you to be transformed more and more and more into his image God has never not been good God has never not been faithful and you can rely on God who raises the dead and he can rescue you from mortal danger and he will rescue you again and again And you can place your confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue you. God is faithful to protect you as Christ is being perfected in you. Church, if you would, let's stand. God doesn't protect his people from everything, but we are always under his protection. So church, you can know that the Lord, your God, is God. The faithful God, who keeps his covenant to a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on all those who love him and obey his commands. And I want you to know today that whatever you're going through, you are not alone. God is faithful to protect you as Christ is being perfected in you. You can trust in him. Let's sing.